This is Tony Todd, and you're listening to the Midwest Monsters Podcast. Be, be, be happy. I'm excited. I'm sorry. I picked this topic. I love this movie. That's a scary movie. It's a scary movie. And it still affects me just the same. I cannot put that on. I gotta tell you, something about this movie worked for me. I was oh, like, it rocked. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's debatable. But, I mean, it's a great movie. That, you know, I, it's my right as a viewer, as somebody who spends my money and time to go watch these films, to have my opinions and be disappointed. But that's what I love about about this group doing this podcast right now is that on so many pages <laughs> we're like right there with each other. But then I mean it, it's it's almost inevitable that uh, you know half the time we're going to go you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. <laughs> I'm sorry but that's Welcome to the Midwest Monster Podcast. And now here are your hosts. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Coming back with a new episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by my dudes, Matt Chan, Professor Wagstaff. All right, we're coming to you tonight with another roundtable discussion. We've pulled off a few of these in the past. Been very pleased with the outcome, and we thought tonight would be a good topic. Um, we want to talk about what scares you, but obviously you can't call into the show because you'll hear this later. So maybe you could hit in on our uh, our Facebook page or our Twitter and tell us what scares you. But we want to talk about what scares us from movies to things in real life to things that really worked. And it's part of why we love the genre and part of why we love being scared um, in a cheap thrill sort of way. I mean, obviously, we don't like big fears in life, like not paying your bills or putting your kids through college. We don't want those fears. But what are the, the, the cheap thrills that we love in films that jump out? Um, guys, initial thoughts. Like what what? What motivates you to be scared by something or what that's weird what motivates you to be scared that's not a that's like an oxymoron you know because we don't want to be motivated by fear but at the same time we like cheap fears we like roller coasters yeah. we like bungee jumping we like skydiving riding motorcycles we like these things that are like just dangerous enough but not you see what i mean and mm-hmm. i think that's what horror movies do for us on some level besides the other things that they they drive for us and i was on another podcast church of the geek where i talked about this about the healthy fear (coughs) that can be fulfilled by horror movies. Certainly. Yeah. I I mean, I I think for me, it's the after feel the, you know, like, Oh, that was fun. It's, it's the once it's immediately over, whether it be a movie or, or some other opportunity that I've taken like a roller coaster. Although I got to say with each passing year, less and less of these occur for me by choice where I'm just like, no, I'm good. Yeah. Suddenly, the, my equilibrium's thrown off from a roller coaster. Yeah, it's not quite the same. As I hear you. But I, I, for me, it's always been about um, the giddiness going into it, through it, and then that lingers. Mm-hmm. It's not so much about the truly being scared. Yeah, it's about the reaction that you get from it. Right. The uh, pain and pleasure. Right. Right. Mad Chan. Merriam-Webster dictionary <laughs> defines fear. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> As an unpleasant emotion caused by being aware of danger, a feeling of being afraid. Yeah. Fear for me was always something that uh, I kind of thrived on. Um, it was the sitting down to watch the horror movies, the uh, you don't know what's going to happen, not just in movies, but in life in general. Um, I'm afraid of like situations that I can't control. Absolutely. I have this huge fear of situations I can't control. And as dumb as this sounds, like it's for the reason I have to, I like to drive most places, especially if I don't know you. As I warm up to people, that fear kind of subsides a little bit because I feel comfortable with you. Yeah. But um, riding in an airplane, if an airplane was to crash and go down, I can do absolutely nothing to better my situation in life. Totally. If a, if I see another car heading for me, I can at least swerve. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? I yeah. feel like I have some kind of some kind of control, and that's I think that's one thing that movies is, does great because the movies already made. 
you don't know where it's going to go. It's going to go where it's going to go. Yeah. You can choose to turn it off if you're a sissy. Yeah, right. Or you can just roll with it. I don't like roller coasters. That's I don't like the feeling I get from roller coasters. Mm. I don't know if I'm afraid of roller coasters, but maybe I am. Yeah. Because I don't like the feeling that it gives me. Right. Right. So I don't know, man. I fear's fear's a powerful thing. It is, totally. And that's good insight. That is definitely good insight. I remember as a kid, um, yeah, man, I was afraid of roller coasters. I was afraid of haunted houses. I was afraid of um, everything, man. I was afraid of my own shadow, you know, but I was a, I was an only child, so I was sheltered from a lot of things, <laughs> you know, and I, I was afraid, uh, you know, afraid of the dark, you know, like I, I read, uh, I always checked out the, uh, the Ian Thorne books from the library about Sasquatch and UFOs and Loch Ness Monster. I was just convinced that that shit was coming to get me, you know, yeah. and that was a legitimate fear back then. Now it's not a fear at all. I don't care about UFOs or ghosts or bigfoot or anything like that it's not that big of a deal i'm 33 years old i don't care about ghosts i just don't want to die <laughs> right right you've got a wife and children that's what you know what i mean like and, that, and i think that's how our fears change over time is our responsibilities to people you know what i mean like you yeah. like to you death is a big deal because you would leave behind a wife and children yes and you don't want to do that so you don't want to put yourself in those and situations at, this, at the current point i'm in i'm not even securely i would leave behind a wife and children in an unsure state. Right. Right. So. Totally. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. Professor. Uh, even since I was a small child, it's always been about probability for me. Um, I was a warrior. I still am just much less than I was when I was younger. Yeah. I always envisioned worst case scenarios, all that could go wrong yeah. to me or any, any that I was with. Um, so it was always about probability for me. And so I didn't seek the things that dangled that in front of me. Right. I, it, it was like, you know, just tooth and nail to get me on my first, first roller coaster. Um, I remember that being a, a big feat for me when I finally got on one at the, you know, insistence of my fourth grade librarian that took us on, <laughs> who was our chaperone on our field trip to Kings Island. I mean, I was one of the last kids to ride the roller coaster that day yeah. because I just, I kept thinking like, this is a machine, machines break. I could fly right off this, you know, peak of when the thing's going up and die. This isn't worth the payoff. Sure, it's fun. Right. I think that's why I've always been drawn to horror movies because I'm sitting in my recliner. I can be scared, but never at any point do I think You're in danger. this is going to kill me. Other yeah. than the ring. <laughs> right, Samara. See, I have this, um, I have a very overactive imagination that's mm. subsided here in recent years. But for a long time, if I thought about it long enough and worried about it, kind of like what the professor's talking about, I've convinced myself it's real. Totally. And so I totally. lived in fear of my, of my own imagination for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because as like a child will lay in bed and they will convince themselves that, the dark shadows in the corner or actually a monster or a boogeyman or whatever. I can psych myself out to the point where I, as an adult go, man, that's, that's a vampire, <laughs> you know, like, right. so, or something, you right. know, like that's coming to get me. Like I am also, I have a huge fear of spiders. Mm -hmm. Like it's an irrational fear unless it's a brown recluse or a black widow, but right. I mean, it's an irrational fear of spiders. Right. The wolf spiders that live in the live at the house and come inside the house, they're not going to hurt me. Yeah, we and, eat them all year long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're not going to hurt me. But when I see one, it's my reaction to this day is to still, I kind of cringe back. I Not full on jump, but I move. I it, it paralyzes me for a slight moment. And only here in the past couple of years, my kids are like, really, Dad? And that's what made me go, wow, like my little daughter's not scared of spiders. Like, why am I scared of spiders? So I've learned to tackle that a little more, but I watched arachnophobia the other night and yeah. lost my stuff. Yeah, man. Like to the point where I was cringing at certain scenes and when certain things happened, it was like, no, no. And like I'm jumping at him almost. Yeah. Not because it's like, oh, the, the big giant spider is going to kill somebody. It's the fact that, oh my God, I have a box of cereal. <laughs> you know, I like I've grabbed it by a handful of cereal or I've had the popcorn and I always sit down on a toilet to use the restroom. It's like there could be a spider under there. Like that stuff starting to it scares me, man. Yeah, I think as we get older, we find more fears 
You know, we go, we go from a stage of like as kids, we have a lot of fears. Then we get into like our teens and 20s where we think we're invincible. And then we get older again and we realize we are not invincible. Not at all. You know what I mean? I think it's, it's kind of a roller coaster. Absolutely. Like you hear old, older people talking, man. They fear falling on the ice. Yeah, right. And they fear, uh, you know, everything when they watch Fox News. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Fox News and MSN are just set up to keep you in the house. Fear mongering. But I remember as a kid, um, my grandmother passed away when I was nine. And after that, I really had an irrational fear that everything was going to kill me, you mm-hmm. know? And and a big thing was the weather. I was always afraid of tornadoes, thunderstorms, these things. I thought it was just going to kill me. And I, I now, looking back, realize that that was, that was my young reaction to my grandmother's death, that, like, life was impermanent. Like, I think that's when I learned that, you know? Yep. Well, uh, I mean, I think reality plays a big part. And that, like you say, as we get older, I mean, and I can even cite an example. When I was a kid, I could watch, for the most part, horror movies and not be that affected. There are a couple, and I'll mention them later in the show. I probably have numerous times on here before that that affected me, that gave me nightmares. Not many did. Because, again, I knew that a werewolf wasn't going to climb up, you know, through my bedroom bedroom window and ripped me apart <laughs> silver but, bullet yeah but what yeah. would scare me was something like unsolved mysteries yeah yes that the music coupled with real things oh yeah and so one of you know my most vivid memories from a younger age of being truly scared like it would affect me um was when i'd stay up late in the summer and mom and dad had already be in bed my sister's just, everybody's asleep and i'm watching that and then i have to turn the lights out and run up the steps and I mean, I would look back behind me as just, just in case. And you lived on the third floor. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, I just got done watching these cases of things where eyewitnesses are telling you, and that's letting me at a young age know these things are happening outside my door. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm glad I didn't become a shut-in. Close, but <laughs> right. not fully. <laughs> right. But I mean, that, on the verge. that was something that, that scared me yeah. at a young age where... Right. Like I said, you know, horror movies were a fun way to feel fear without it truly being terrifying because I understood the reality of the scary things that could really hurt me, if that makes sense. No, it totally does. The separation of them, it was the fun side of fear. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's move it on to horror movies. Yeah, specifically because yeah. we are a horror movie podcast, and I think that it what plays in is what scared you in the movie is right. because what scared you in real life. So, what are some of those reoccurring themes? Because the one I spoke about earlier, the um, situation you can't control, being held captive, mm. the like that. a la like let's say a Rob Zombie movie by. The, by that family, you know, yeah. like those people are held captive and weird, nasty things are going to happen to them. And there's nothing they can do to better their situation. Mm-hmm. Every time I watch a horror movie, something in the back of my brain goes, how would I get out of that situation? Like, oh, no, they're they're chained to a cha- No, no. I, when he comes over and he loosens this arm, I'm going to hit him and I'm going to. You always try to figure out how you're going to get out of that situation. And then the actress or whoever does and they get thwarted again. Because yeah. they've already, yeah. the guys already thought three steps ahead of you. And that's what's scary to me is that situation you just can't get out of here. Yep. Yeah. It's like, we'll do to you what we want at our own leisure. And there's nothing you can do about it. I'm going to tell you my number one right now. And this is going to be very unpopular because every time I bring this movie up, people say, F that movie. F that movie. And it's not because the movie's bad, it's because it pretty much shocked them or scared them that bad funny games that's awesome it's it's terrifyingly oh no that's what i meant i mean yeah yeah, that's i mean like to i mean you get whacked in the knee with a golf club you're done you're done at full yeah somebody full-on swings at you you can't defend your family at that exactly and this guy is forced to sit and watch what's he gonna do get down and crawl to the next room where he may have a gun or something like that i mean guys you know (laughs) i've got guns in the house but, you know, somebody whacks me in the knee in the living room and wants to have their way with my girlfriend, I'm kind of stuck. Yeah. How am I going to crawl to the bedroom where the guns are? You know what I mean? Like, that's terrifying. They'll, 
beat you beyond recognition before you get there. Exactly. With that kind of injury. Oh, man, the, the scene at the end of that movie, in the boat? Oh. Like, like you know, like, it's that's it. You're going overboard. The, the scene that stands out for me in that movie is watching her in silence trying to get up and get out of the room. Right. It goes on for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Oh, there yeah. is no score. There is no dialogue. You are just watching this pathetic creature just try and compose and get out of there. I think, I can't remember. It's been years since I watched it, but she's been injured to some degree. Yeah. And she's struggling. Yeah. To, to do whatever she needs to do Something. to get out of this room. And I, that, I remember that standing out, just thinking like, I haven't breathed, <coughs> taking a breath taking a breath in like five minutes. Oh, yeah. Just watching this. It's just dead silence. Because you can't do anything at all. No. Anything that you would try to do, you think you can get away, you can't go anywhere. Yeah. And, it's, and it's a very realistic thing. Right. And, and, and teenage punks. Yeah. They could do that. They could, they could do that. I know we always, we always bitch about my 19-year-old teenager next-door neighbor. <laughs> he could come over here and whack me in the knee and do anything he wanted. He'd probably just like run me through your records and <laughs> call you a bitch, and right? And try to get some My Chemical Romance CDs or something, right? But yeah, I mean, but that's the reality of it: is that like one well placed shot to the knee, you're done, you are yeah. done, you know. So See, that's why the man, like, and, I sat and watched The Strangers, mm-hmm. and I remember watching that movie. And is that the one? Is I, I'm pretty sure it's like, why are you doing this? It's like because you were home. Because you were home. Mm-hmm. That is the scariest thing to me. Totally. I, I, I don't think it's the scariest movie I've ever seen. I, I'm not saying this movie. If you don't like this movie, it's whatever. But man, that right there got me. Yeah. Why are you doing this? Because you were home. Yeah. We were going to do this regardless. Right. And now we're you're in this. There's nothing you can do about it. Right. Try to get away. Please try to get away. And I think there was a difference between like funny games and the strangers. And then another movie that I really liked was your next year. Next. They had a lot more options, mm-hmm. funny games and the strangers, no options. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I think that's what made them more effective. See the scene in the, in the Kiki Palms motel room in the devil's rejects. Yeah. It's, I don't know if people call it terrifying. It's very uneasy. Because oh, yeah. that's it. They walk in and set the tone from the beginning. They walk like they walk in and just that's shoot old boy in the face. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I mean, now I know you're not to be trusted. Boom. Yeah. Posein comes in. They do that. There's having babies having them slap each other. Like they, I mean, there's no way. I, go ahead, try to get out of here. When you try, you die. And then you find out the gun was empty. It's all psychological mind yeah. game, but yeah. still horrible CGI. Oh yeah, yeah. But the whole time Otis is holding the gun and he's got it on Priscilla Barnes and she's struck with fear. It's just like, okay, they've just killed somebody right in front of us. We can't do anything about this, and that's kind of the whole theme. It's like, go ahead, try. Yeah, well, and that's the thing too, and that's a fear that as you become an older man too is not being able to protect the ones you love. Exactly, and that's a big thing about that scene and the other movies we just mentioned is that what if somebody did something to me and then did something to my wife or girlfriend? Like that's that's your biggest fear is not being able to protect somebody. If I'm out by myself and I get beat up, that happened. But if I get beat up and somebody has their way with my wife or girlfriend, that's psychologically. Man, ruining you for life i'll put you one step further and as much as i enjoy horror movies and uh talking about horror movies and watching them over and over again anytime a little girl gets abducted in a horror movie oh man and some sick anything is having his way with her a, a little piece of me a little piece of me just cringes yeah even if it's a, a goofy scene i will i'll cringe at that because it's like what if that happened right i like i let my kids go outside and play all the time but it's just like what's what happens that one time when I go outside and that bicycle wheel's just spinning? Because that's that classic scene. You right. go outside and the bicycle's laid on the side and that wheel's still spinning. It just yeah. happened. You don't know where. What was that movie I really liked? Prisoners. Did you watch Prisoners? Um, what's this one? Dark movie. That's a great movie. <laughs> it looks like David Fincher made it, but it didn't. Yeah. The Kane Hodder movie? No, no, no. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Hugh, Hugh Jackman. No, I didn't watch that one. You didn't? No. Oh, well, it'll... Do it this week. Yeah. Oh, is it that it's good? Excellent. It's a great movie. And, to, and especially speaking <laughs> to the fears that you just mentioned. 
because I'm not a father, professor's not a father, but you are, man, Jan, you're a father, and I could see where that would strike. Oh, man, every you. time, because it's like this little kids, you see them and they're helpless, and what can they do? Nothing. They yeah. can't, they're too small to fight back, and then it's just like, oh, man, and you put yourself in those shoes, and I think that's why a lot of times, man, we just get, we can get worked up about a horror movie where somebody, somebody else is like, oh, that horror movie was stupid. It was mm-hmm. dumb. Well, right. I saw different things in it because mm-hmm. I'm scared of different things than yeah. you are. Right. And that's a big thing. I think a lot of fear, legitimate fear, comes from powerlessness. You know, And that's what we're talking about with not being able to protect the ones we love, our spouses, our partners, our children. Um, I think I've told this story before. I remember uh, my, uh, my late wife, God rest her soul, and I were out hiking one time at a state park. And we were along a river and like two canoes full of guys went by and just like glared at us as they went by. And I was like, it dawned on me at that moment. I was like, these guys could just land the canoe. About to be some Ned Beatty shit. Right. And like, I, I couldn't do anything against these eight guys. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I could take out maybe two, right. <laughs> but by then I'm getting smacked upside yeah. the head with a there canoe battle. There ain't enough people in that area that nobody's going to be arrested. No. I mean. So in that moment in time, that was their decision. Yeah. And that's a, that is a scary thing. Right. And I, you know, again, I'm a worry ward. I play those things out all the time. Totally. I walk by, you know, four dudes in a parking lot at night. I'm like, they could have just killed me. Yep. You know. Like, <laughs> they they decided not happened. to. Yeah. Right. But right. they're going to let me go home with this bag of Reese's Pieces and enjoy my movie. <laughs> and I thank them for that. Right. No, that is a scary thought, though. Yeah. I mean, and that's your brain playing tricks. See in movies, in movies like they tap into those fears. Specifically, let's let's take a Friday the Thirteenth movie, right? Uh, let's take uh, the remake, the two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. The, the group of kids are out looking for the pot or whatever they're out looking for, right? But they're still out in the middle of nowhere, camping. Yeah. A tent, as much as I enjoy camping and being outside in the wilderness, there's that's just a shelter from the elements. That's not a shelter to protect you at all. No. So. These you're just kids a, are, these just kids a wind, there. there's just a windbreaker between Basically, you. Basically, <laughs> that's what it is. Like, so you're out there in the elements. You're there, your cell phone doesn't work. You can't call for help. You can try to run if you make it that far. You, if something's coming after you, you're done. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the, the, how the whole Jason thing, you know, especially in that scene, it kind of preys on it. Mm-hmm. He uses he uses all this helplessness against them. Yeah, exactly. It's awesome. Exactly. Um. Next, what what else scares you? What else um, scares you? I'll throw out a couple. All right, one that is legit: snakes. Uh, oh, if there's uh, a snake, Jones. if there's a snake in a movie, I'll just look away. I'm, <laughs> I'm that crippling scared of snakes. If a little garter snake ran through here, I'd probably black out. Okay, they bother me so much. Like, I just I can't handle them. They're the the way that they can move and attack is unpredictable. I find them repulsive. I Like, I see evil in their little faces. Like, I just, I cannot handle snakes. Um, that, I would say that's the only thing I'm truly 100% uncontrollably scared of. Wow. Like, I just can't be around it. Yeah, because I remember back when, you know, I worked at the Children's Museum and I handled a lot of snakes. I would try to show you, like, pictures of video. You're like, no, no, just, just don't. Yeah, I just, that, that that's my one. Stay one. I just SD1. I can't handle snakes in any capacity. Um, it's oh. it's not to say like in a movie I, I won't watch it if it's pivotal, but if it's just like showing like the surrounding ge- geography of a scene, I'll just I don't need to look at that. That's another reason he's the professor. Yeah. He is the Indiana Jones of That's the true. Midwest monsters. That's true. Yeah. I just yeah. They they they, they, they scared me for a long time. It didn't help. Like in sixth grade when my friends, the Austin brothers, would throw their Burmese python on me while yeah. we were playing video games. Yeah. And I just freeze. They had a Burmese python. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And thought they, it was funny. They had a few. They Did thought they? it was funny to get it out of the the case in the other room while I'd be playing like Killer Instinct and come in and put it on my shoulder. And I wouldn't do anything. I just sit there frozen, like damn near with my eyes rolled back in my head. Yeah. So. Well, they were jerks. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Glad See, they're <laughs> glad they're in prison now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, right off. Uh, something. That. Something that scares me, but <clears throat> is specifically used in uh, cinema, is being buried alive. 
Mm. Uh, ooh, that's yeah. a good one. That's a good oh, one. Oh man, this is the Edgar Allan Poe in me. I just yeah. That's the fucking something like I remember one movie that affected me deeply when I was younger was The Vanishing, which was the remake of the French film, but it had Jeff Bridges, mm-hmm. uh, Kiefer Sutherland, and Sandra Bullock. I think. Yeah. But the scenes with them buried alive. I just could not handle because I would put myself in there. There was something different about that than most thing I most things I watched in movies that I could separate from entertainment. But for some reason, with that, I would put myself there, and it would just scare the absolute hell out of me. So, <laughs> and, and and to uh, you know further on that, something like the descent troubled me to watch those scenes with them crawling in the, oh in those caves in the yeah caves. i mean i just that like affects my breathing watching that stuff because yeah. i just imagine the thought of being in there and then that coming in on you being and trapped. you get to trap oh yeah until you die basically right i mean it's terrifying <laughs> there's no there's no way out no, yeah so that the buried alive thing is more of a from a cinema standpoint that scares me i don't think i'm in too many positions where Somebody's going to bury you alive. Yeah, where I'm out with no one to find me. Right. Like, like I see in a movie like that, or where somebody has intentionally done it where I can't be found. That does, that bothers me. Yeah. Um, so, there's a couple for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, I want to couple up with, if we're talking about natural environment and things outside of your control, I, you know, we, we've talked about how much we all love Adam Green's <laughs> Uh, Frozen, mm-hmm. and I think that one just just hits on so many levels of the fact that it was non malicious the way they got stuck up on that that ski lift, and uh, heights and uh, elements and being exposed to those sorts of things and just really they're just being nothing they could do about it, and it was intense and that's that's one thing I really appreciated about Frozen and mm-hmm. something that still sticks with me because you know I I. I go skiing occasionally. I'm terrible at it, but like, you know, like, but it's a just, very realistic idea. Yeah. It's scary. Right. And along with that, I mean, it's just anything that you do to have fun. Like if you're out, uh, if you're tubing or skiing behind a boat, you know, mm-hmm. you could, you could go down and hit a rock and, and unless somebody's there to catch you, I mean, you're done, son. Yeah. Well, I have an irrational fear. Even if I'm in a lake sometimes, Mm-hmm. I think Jaws is going to come get me. <laughs> Do you feel me? No. It's the water. No. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, if I'm the only one in a body of water, because you just brought up skiing, you know, in a yeah. boat, things like that. Like when you let go or you tumble or whatever, and you just float in there in the water. Yeah. I don't know how many times I look out and it's like, duh, duh. like immediately that theme starts playing in my head. Well, and I know I'm, it's an irrational fear. I'm, I'm more scared of the, that thing from Creepshow 2. <laughs> floating on top of the water that's what i'm more scared of at a lake yeah, yeah, that, yeah. No, i like that segment yeah <clears throat> no I, I i i understand what you're saying though i not from the angle of a great white shark but certainly but, yeah. the unknown yeah, yeah especially when you're in those muddy waters that you can't Love really see down there water. i mean and it, especially at a younger age even something that wouldn't be lethal or even severely injure you just the thought of something hurting you something yeah. that could bite you down there yeah, I'm, like, with you I'm talking bit. Lake Placid. I'm talking yeah, Lake, man, totally, know, like... totally. Well, even today, I mean, even if you know, today I'm swimming in a lake somewhere and a fish brushes me, I'm like, what the what? No, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. I'm with you on that. That's what yeah. that's I what you. I was talking I about. You, yeah, it's like I don't. I know there's not going to be the great white shark that's going to come up and get me. It's just I've seen it so many times. There's one person bobbing up and down in the water, and then next thing you know something tugs that leg or you see a fin and it's on. I'm just well, like, oh. two things that go directly with that. One, believe it or not, I was scared to poop after I saw Jaws for some reason. I was very young and I didn't want to put my ass over toilet. water because I didn't think a shark was going to come up and get me, but it started getting me thinking about things that swim and something could come up in the plumbing oh, like Brother. a snake and bite me in the ass. Brother, that, so that, I, that, I, got bit that is legit. No, that is legit. <laughs> got bit the ass thing, son. Got bit an ass filthy dog. No, dude. The snake coming up in the toilet, I've had that I've had that so many times. Be- well, what well, movie was oh, that in? I thought you meant, I was like, Chad. No. <laughs> um, what movie was, no, I saw oh, that man. in a movie one time. 
where the whole opening of the movie, if you know what movie this is, get at us on social media. But seriously, like it's like a snake, and all you see, all you see is like a first-person view going through these pipes, and then the snake pops up, and you see it's a toilet, and then you just see this ass sit down on it. <laughs> no, I know like, what you're talking. Oh, about. It sounds vaguely familiar. So um, that's what I mean. So I've done that. I've been like, ah. Oh. Well, to to further build off of what you just mentioned, and then what I mentioned even before that, <coughs> snakes and the water and the unknown. There's a picture of me on Facebook going down the Guadalupe when I was down in Austin. And they were all laughing at me and taking pictures because I had my feet folded up Indian style in my tube. <laughs> There's snakes everywhere down there. I'm like, you guys can laugh while you want. My feet are up. I was some professor some... is going down a lazy river, not touching the water. No, I, well, not the whole time. But at one point, somebody goes, "Is that a snake?" And I was like, folded all my limbs up. They were, they were doing it then, but. Yes, don't like deal well with that. But was your ass still in the middle? Of the no, I like leaned up and had my legs up because I thought they <laughs> were talking a, about right in a fetal position. Yep. <clears throat> okay. I'll mess with snakes. I got you. I don't like spiders and snakes. Um, here you go. Here's one for you. Great one as a kid. Stephen King's Cat's Eye. Uh, slip of my mouth shut as a kid because that <laughs> like little tape it or. That little gremlin that would, uh, yeah. you know, that little troll would little crawl knife. in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Lister Fiend. Was that what his name is? I don't know. <laughs> this is the Kevin Clerks, too. Oh. Her mouth troll, Lister Fiend. You talking about Mr. Pillow Pants? No, that's her. Oh, that's right. That's her that's pussy right. troll. Lister, Lister Fiend was her mouth troll. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, Cat's Eye was a big one for me as a kid. I, I slept with my eye. I still do. For, you know, for dear life. I don't trust cats. Um, no, I one cats. to play off of that, that that's cold. I love cats. I do. <laughs> um, one that troubled me as a kid and, and still does is Pet Cemetery. Mm. Um, there's not many movies that bother me. That one bothers me. Mm. Um, it's just the subject matter is just not something, at least for is me. Is it the dead kid or the retarded sister? It's everything. It's I mean, it's that. just, it's the... I don't know. It's just a cruel movie. Yeah. I mean, you watch a toddler... You know, be taken away from Don't a family play on that from road. a cemetery. You watch uh, pets die. You watch uh, a, a depressed caretaker hang herself. The the memories of the the sister with all the disorders, which is terrifying. Zelda, yeah. um, that, and then Pascal, the jogger that walks around through the movie as a ghost with his head ripped open. Yeah, and so. It's it's really just the subject matter for me. It's just like that's not something I want to uh, to permeate into my system regularly. It's just not one I want. It's a fair on. assessment. Yeah, man. It's, it's not so much it, that it scares me, but it just scares me in a, a, a grief way. If that yeah. makes sense. Um, that was in, the only movie that gave me nightmares as a kid. The a lot of intense things. Only happened. movie. Yeah. Pascal did. Yeah. See, I grew up in. Uh, I grew up staying with uh, relatives a lot in the middle of nowhere, like closest neighbors mile down the road. And we would get them fits of fog. Mm. Every Paris pipe. No, 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 I'm talking about out in, I'm talking about out in Greensport, Indiana. So I could see zombies. Mm -hmm. Zombies were that thing, man. In fact, I was scared of zombies until the walking dead, because there was something about, reanimated corpses that could happen because of some chemical because we've seen it return to living dead trioxin (laughs) (laughs) but i mean there was just some always been something about zombies so when i was little having watched the the romero movies and things that was it man i was always scared like oh man the, the, the corpses and you know like on the other side of town where a lot of my family's buried you know you drive by there and it's got the fog and oh man, like it looks right out of yeah. a and oh man, so there's something always scary to me about zombies because there was no it could happen to me. It, like it, it it made sense to me as a child that zombies could happen. I was gonna say, you know the funny thing about zombies, you guys I mean I I'd say the three of us, I'm probably the biggest zombie fan. Um I'm the biggest lo- Rob zombie fan. <laughs> yep. Uh I love zombie movies, but I think it's funny because a fear for me about a zombie movie is not the fact <laughs> that zombies exist. It's the overwhelming majority of them. And that's what always scares me about zombies and what I you know what I enjoy about a zombie film and what you know, with the impending zombie apocalypse that's coming, 
because of o- because of Obama. <laughs> Obama. Um, that is, it's just the overwhelming majority. It's it's you know even if they're you know the the slow moving shambling zombies, it's just that they can overtake you because there's so many of them. You're not talking about one werewolf, one vampire. No, you're talking about hundreds, thousands, thousands of zombies just overtaking. Send more paramedics. And this is something I I jotted down just when I was just kind of spitballing ideas of things that kind of get to me. And what's funny with that is that with zombie movies, it directly plays into something else that kind of scares me and bothers me. And the thing that always has with zombie movies has never been the zombies. It's being in a world that everything you know and love is done. Yeah. And it's not coming back. Civilization is over until you make it again. Yeah, the zombies are just the icing on the cake. It's like, it's bad enough that I am no longer going to get to see all of my family. That I'm going to get to go to the movies. That I'm going to do all of these things that I know and love. But on top of it, I got these everywhere. And Zombies are a tertiary character. Yeah, and they're just... I mean, it's gory and gruesome, the yeah. demise. And I, I mean, it just, it really goes into to deeper levels that are there if you want to explore them. But if you just want to watch a movie with gore, you can. Yeah. But that that is, and I thought 28 well, Days Later did a very good job of that, mm-hmm. of showing the isolation and just the, the doom and gloom of it all. <laughs> well, and see, and that's why I defend Walking Dead, because I've read the comic for 10 years. And people want to call it a soap opera. Well, it is. Yeah, I don't know what else it could be. Right, and that's the point. Like, the zombies are, as I just said, a tertiary character. It's really about how do we survive in a world that's over? Yeah. How do we make new life? Right, and how how do we make new life? How do we learn to exist with each other when death is looming literally right outside the door? And so it it is a horror story. Yeah. And, you know, if you don't want to buy into that, that's fine. Well, if you don't want to buy into it, I would like someone to you explain have no to me reality. how you can do a series on this. Right. Uh, I mean, are we just going to have 50 minutes of slaughtering zombies? You going to tune in for that every week? Right. I mean, like, watch now as Rick gets knee-deep in blood. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, the real horror is that, is yeah. you're never comfortable. You're never happy again. Right. Holy. And you never know who Ever. to trust. Yeah. You never know who to trust. Not knowing who to trust in life is scarier than any zombie. Because that's that's what life is built on, is trust. That's what love is built on. That's what relationships are built on. That's what civilization is built on, is trust. Great job. And if you don't have that, what do you got? Yeah. Nothing. You have uh, just stages of impermanence in life. And, you know... You're going to face parts of that. But if you don't have some permanency to rely on, life is terrible. Yeah. Now it's, it's, you wake up to negativity and confusion every single day. Every day. Every yeah. day. And I've always found that, you know, very effective. And yeah. without beating you over the head with a hammer to get the point across, whether it be in shows or movies. Um, I've always found that scary. Just yeah. the idea of just, Everything you know is gone, and the and the worst part is, is it's all still there in front of you. Right. You know what I mean? It, Shadows it, of it. It doesn't go away. You get to live in it yeah. without it. Oh, man. It's a scary concept that really goes to deep levels, and you can apply it to many different things. Yeah. To, you know, social classes, to growing old and surviving. As, right. You know, right. So there's, there's a lot of things that you can apply to it. And I'm really afraid that Mad Chan is becoming a zombie mm-hmm. as we speak. It was too much triaxin. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I'm sorry. That's all right, man. Uh, let's throw out another one. What else? We got, we got Mad Chan. What yeah. scares you? Well, let's, In we've talked life, about the, un- we've talked about the unknown. We've talked about, I think the thing cinematically, um, I like the unstoppable force. That's what scares me. Because I know I can't do anything to fend off Jason Voorhees. We're in my head. Yeah. You can only hope to distract him. Or you, you can only out. hope to get away from him. Yeah. Like, get out of his field of view. Like, anything. Like, it's the unstoppable. And it's not just him. It's like, you know how to kill Dracula, but Dracula stalks at night. How do you physically get away from Like, ghosts. And that, that can be applied to real life and demons and things. But... How do you get away from something that's after you 
that you can't physically see or that you know you can't stop. And that's all just a metaphor for death, if yeah. you really think about it. Absolutely. Like, that's always that's always going to come for you. At one, when it's your time, it's your time. And so that's what Jason is. Jason's death. That's what these ghosts and these poltergeists and things are in these movies. It's all death. And we can't fight back against it. I think the, um, what was it, the Final Destination movies. I mean, regardless of how people say, oh, this one got cheesy and that one was this. The original movie and the original concept, man, it scares you. Because I can't ride behind a truck. I've driven across country several <laughs> yeah. times. I can't drive ride behind a log truck without thinking Final Destination. Oh, yeah. It's, it's that thing. So, yeah, it's the... The unstoppable force. I think that's one of the most scariest things, man. I hear you. Because it's coming, yep. regardless. Jason's it. Like, Michael Myers is it. They shot. I shot him six times. You know, it, he's back. He keeps coming after you. Uh, Freddy Krueger. It's like, oh, well, we, they thought we just don't dream anymore. Well, then he's going to find another way in because you can't stop it. So I think that's what it is. And I think that's also your... You were talking about the the mass hordes of zombies. You know, mm-hmm. the, like you get thousands of them together, it's inevitable. Yeah, it's not. They're not going to get me. It's a matter of time until they do get me because mm-hmm. they don't stop coming. You can fight back, but you can only fight for so long before eventually you give in. Just like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what it is. I think that's one of the, my biggest, not only cinematic but real life things, but is. Is that unstoppable force? You, there's nothing you can do. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, have you seen the the movie Fallen? Mm-hmm. The Denzel? Yeah. No, nope, I haven't. <coughs> yeah. Everybody told me to watch it, but I haven't. Well, and I think that's kind of well, that's kind of the thing. This this what do you want to call? It? Is it a soul? Is that what he transferred? Like so, it's it's passed back and forth by touching, right? Yeah, right. And it always finds a way. It's he, basically he, inherent evil. Yeah, it's inherent evil. evil that just keeps coming, and it keeps coming after this guy. And it, it's it, what it's showing you is anybody can be evil yeah. by it going into a little girl or a person or a cat. It's anybody, anything can be evil. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, I mean, that's, I don't know, man, that's one of those ones. It's not actually scary. It's more of a psychological thriller. But it kind of gets you because every time you think it's gone or it's over, it's right back for you. Yeah, yeah, totally. If you get me, I get you. I mean, people don't like to listen to this stuff. <laughs> let's let's talk about one we haven't talked about between the three of us. What's what's a, what's a horror movie that we know for a fact is in our top three? And actually, this could go two ways. But what's a horror movie that we know for a fact is in each of our top three? Uh, Exorcist and Texas Chainsaw. Both of them. You nailed it. Right. You nailed both of them. And I want to talk about The Exorcist. Why is The Exorcist so scary? It's bigger than us. Bigger than us. The idea. It's something that, uh, to some extent, is the unknown. It's just, it's massive. The idea that your brain can get into with that. And if you don't want to, it's still a very good movie. Yeah. So I'll put this on a couple levels. I mean, for one... Um, we think about the exorcist and obviously as a pastor, I am a man of faith. Surprise, surprise. And, uh, I know that you guys are not guys who are, you know, not atheist, but maybe a little agnostic and, you know, just kind of have your own thoughts about the afterlife and things like that. But that's the thing about the exorcist is that if demonic possession is real, we know that there is something bigger than us. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about it is that even in my times of doubt, which are still there, even though I'm a pastor, it doesn't mean I don't have doubts about faith and and God and Jesus and all of that. But if demonic possession is real, that means that there is something more going on that we can't see. And I think that's why the exorcist is so effective that on any level of faith is that whether you're a church-going person every Sunday or whether you're somebody who says maybe there's something else out there, the exorcist says, here it is, and it's in your face. Mm-hmm. You have to deal with this. Yeah. You have to deal with this. And and I think that's what's effective about possession films, specifically The Exorcist, <coughs> but that in order to, to recognize possession 
or even hauntings, right. you have to recognize that there's something beyond this veil. There's mm -hmm. something on the other side that you can't see every day. And I'm saying every day. Some days you can't. And it's either beautiful or terrifying. Yep. And I think that's what is so effective about The Exorcist is that if that's real, which we've seen plenty of films that talk about it, we've read plenty of stories that deal with it, if that's real, there's something bigger than us going on. And just the sheer fact of that can be terrifying. Yeah, something that has never been human is trying to, is, is, is swimming around and you can't see it and is trying to use you as a vehicle. Something that's been around for who knows how long. Yeah. Just that has nothing but evil. Um, that, you know, that like... Would you, take over a little girl. Yeah. And then talk to you in your deceased mother's voice about how hot hell is. Yeah. I mean, these are just it's just deep, scary things that it's it's just so much to wrap your head around. And I, it's hard for me to even put it into words. Yeah, and that's it. that's the thing about it is it's 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 so unsettling. It's hard to talk about. Yeah, and and if you watch The Exorcist and say that it doesn't scare you at all, then you you're lying. Or you're not thinking. Yeah. I mean, and you don't have to have a certain set of beliefs for it to be effective. You know what I mean? If, right. If you allow yourself to take an idea in for a film the same way you would for Aliens or, you know, Alice in Wonderland. If you just allow yourself to watch a film, even if you it doesn't coincide with beliefs you have in your life in general. Mm -hmm. And that is just some deep scary things that they're presenting for you to consume. And I think that's why it's so effective. It's a movie that lingers. And if you, when I watch the exorcist, I feel that three or four days later. Yeah. There's totally. just a very dark gloom to it. I won't watch it and stay home alone. I won't do it. I just won't do it. Mad Jam, the exorcist. The exorcist is that one film that, like you said, days later, it's, it puts dread mm -hmm. on everything. It puts a sourpuss on your face. I mean, it just... Because this could happen to anybody. Like, we talk about Reagan being the vessel, the little girl. It's not a big man. There's a mother in this family. There's other children. There's a, a priest. It chose a little girl. And that goes back to another fear. I can't protect my family at this point. Yeah, It can happen to anybody. Not only is it something higher, now there's nothing I can do to stop it, personally. It, I mean, the exorcist ties into so many just raw emotions, too. You, What we're dealing with with Reagan is just part of it. Mm -hmm. We're talking about a family dynamic. We're talking about a priest or, or the, guy, you know, the guy that does the exorcism. We're talking about a guy who's having a crisis of faith. I mean, there's just so much going on in that movie and it all seems to be tied together and you're just like oh well it was a fun watch if it was just a fun watch why are we still talking about it yeah because i tell you what there are a few i mean we've watched and discussed plenty of films doing this and this is one that keeps coming back around this and the shining and oh, texas chainsaw it's like oh well these are our top three well there's a reason and there's a reason people still care because they're, they're, well, to a certain degree, and more so some than others, but big ideas, universal ideas that yeah. aren't fashionable to a time. Right. It's fashionable to an idea. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, to me, <laughs> The Exorcist is not an enjoyable watch. Like, no, it's not it's, something. That's the real grueling experience. Right. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, to sit down and watch it is. Um, you know, I know in the horror genre, a good horror movie involves a lot of drama, a scary one. Now, right. a good slasher involves a lot of comedy, but a good horror movie involves a lot of drama. And I know that drama films aren't popular in the horror world, but that's the thing about The Exorcist is when you sit down to watch it, um, it's the drama of it, you know, and that's why oh, yeah. it sticks with you. It's not an enjoyable watch, but you watch it because it's so well done. Mm -hmm. It's well written. You hear about well the characters. Too. Exactly. And that's why we watch it year See, after it's got year. Those, and 
other people are attracted to it for the horror aspect of it. There's a neck that spins around backwards. She uh, she vomits. She uh, there's the she spider right. walks backwards. Right. The uh, the masturbating those, with the crucifix. Minor the, parts of the film. Yeah, right. and that's the yeah. thing. But those are the things that stick out to people that are like, oh, remember when she did this? Remember when she did this? Remember? When, okay, but the things that stick out to me is like what the professor said. But do you remember when she started talking to the talking to the priest? Yeah. Do you remember when they started describing hell and what the torture and everything that that? See, people don't remember that. They remember the first three things. And see, it's like her head spun around. She vomited pea soup. The bed lifted off the ground. Dude, that's the and those are the people part. who didn't get it. Exactly. Like you're saying, the, to me, those things are 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 there to to layer. You know what I mean? Like those are for the people who have already gotten the horror of what's going on. Right. This is now to say it is relentless. It is intrusive. It is obscene. And it is not going away. Right. You live with this. And yeah, it's it's kind of frustrating, like with what you're saying, how people just focus on that. It's like, mm. that, that that's really kind of the afterthought. Yeah. If, if that's all you're getting from this, then of course it's not going to be that scary to you. It's just, you know, gross. I mean, that's yeah. not... Right. The, the idea of it is what's scary. Right. If you watch The Exorcist just for... The head spin, the pea soup vomit, the spider walk. You're missing something in life. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like missing a good movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talk about themes all the time, and it, we we give basic movie reviews to you guys. We talk about what we like and what we don't like about movies. But when we talk to each other, we talk sometimes on a way more personal level. Yeah. We talk about you know what movies meant and what the other underlying themes. And sometimes we discuss that here, but The Exorcist is that film. Because yep. when I was younger, it was different for me. It was a little bit of those things. It, but I, I remember being shocked and awed the first time that this girl peed on the carpet. Yeah. I was like, what's going on here? Right. And then she was cursing at a, at a priest. That's upsetting, too. Right, right. Because I, really, I wasn't totally sure what was going on. Fall apart like that. Exactly. This normal, healthy, vibrant young girl that we see <laughs> in the movie, everything changes in front of all the dinner company well and that's another thing too because for those of us who have dealt with mental health with ourselves and with others mm -hmm. um you wonder where is that line you know like where is that line where is she just struggling struggling with mental health issues or is there something bigger going on here and i think that's another unsettling thing about it totally well, now that I've thoroughly brought the podcast down. No, no, but you... But <laughs> that's what the thing. scares us. Right. We talked about The Exorcist. Now, you also brought up Texas Chainsaw. Chainsaw, man. I think it brings in a lot of the element that we talked about earlier about being powerless and, you know, things outside of your control. But, you know, we talked about this. Uh, I know Mad Chan and I particularly hit on it because, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've traveled across this. We're not saying that Professor hasn't. He but has. Mad Chan and I have put a lot of miles underneath us. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, and... Um, we put, I put a lot of miles in driving across this that's country saying, several yeah. that's times. I, and that's what know? I'm saying, driving. Um, <laughs> and that's the thing. The... Right. And that's the thing. We we talked about this on the Atmosphere episode, which many of you may remember. It was episode like three long ago. Hey, go ago. back and write a review about it. On yeah, that yeah, yeah. That's a callback. That's what you like. Uh, but the thing about Chainsaw is just like, <laughs> man, I've driven through enough small towns. And hell, I used to live in one that you guys would come see me in. Where uh, Leatherface might live in your town. <laughs> you Look, know what I'm, I'm saying? Put it like, this way. On, on my travels, I will not stop anywhere that's not a Love's or TA truck stop. Yeah. When I'm on the highway. Yep. Because I've stopped at that offshoot Stuckey's. I've stopped at that Joe's barbecue joint. Totally. And it, they're just as scary in real life as, as they, they are, are in, in Texas movie, Chainsaw. Man. Yeah. And I, and I, it seemed funny, like with friends or, or, or spouses or girlfriends, I've said, uh, Great, a whole family of Draculas. <laughs> I've seen some of these people. I'm just like, oh, great, a whole family of Draculas. Nah, I've made it a point because that taps into that innate man. Like, what are those kids going to do? Yeah. Where are you going to go? What's Franklin going to do? Because not only did they give us characters that couldn't get away, they gave us a character in a wheelchair yeah. that wasn't going anywhere. Well, and this is what's weird too. This taps into, and this this might be our first gummo reference on the podcast. But like, this taps into as well, like th this fact that like he's happy about that. <laughs> like, oh, well, first love gummo. Patrick Swayze. Professor just felt. <laughs> I love that Patrick Swayze. But I'm just saying, like, this falls into as well. You're rolling through that small town where you're dealing with people who have, who've got nothing left to lose. 
or they've got no sense of reality because they live in this small town and that's all they know. And so like to, to, for lack of a better term, to fuck with you when you roll into their town, like that's their entertainment for a Friday or Saturday. Certainly thought of it that way. Well, and, and <laughs> Man, Chan's like, now I'm definitely not stopping anywhere. Then I go. The further back you go, that would have been even more and more scarier. Right. With the advent of, you know, the highways and, and more traveling by car in the 50s. That's why so they closed down Route 66. It still would have been that old when Chainsaw came out. Right. I mean, in this day and age with cell phones and locating and blah, 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 blah. It starts to lose a little bit of that, although you still lose the reception on that stuff. But yeah. my point is, is people would be held more and more <laughs> accountable. But what's scary about that is to place yourself in the time and know that these people are just savages. I mean, they're un, they're out of touch with reality and society. Mm-hmm. And there's nobody coming to help you. You yeah. stumble the wrong, the wrong house. Yeah. That's scary. That is. Totally. Totally. I think outside of Leatherface, that is what's effective about Chainsaw. So, guys, they didn't do anything. That's right. They, they, um, they granddaddy was something. <laughs> uh, my granddad's all right, honey. We we'll take you over if we have granddaddy. <laughs> Wasn't that guy the greatest? <laughs> totally. He's like, he's like, go on, go on in there now. How oh, now? Let her go. Her granddaddy's buried her in there. Buried there. <laughs> it's a crime scene. No, no, my granddad. <laughs> Oh, she did. She did. Her granddad is buried in there. He just sitting in the back of the truck. They all just like, what are you guys doing? Well, there's shit going on out here. We here. Yeah. <laughs> we hang out again in case it. he comes back while we're all here in the broad daylight. I don't know what y'all are talking about. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, something very basic that I want to mention that has always been effective and scary to me is the checking of the area. Um, the scenes that they do with montages in film where there isn't even necessarily music, something like the end of Halloween, where just the hallways, the areas when you, and you apply that to real life. And when you get inside your own head, like if you, like if you are sitting in here by yourself having a beer and you hear something move back there in the room, you can run outside sooner or later, you need to check it. And right. That's always been scary to me. You just remind me why I should put a gun over on this end of the house. <laughs> to the, in <laughs> essence, and, and that's what is used as particularly well by somebody like John Carpenter, is that unknown in the right around you. And I've always found that scary. Um, just, the, you know, the, man, this is stupid. I, I got to go just make myself feel better. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you open that door, to check behind something or the shirt, the curtain shower, shirt, yeah. uh, shower curtain. Um, those, those, it's a very basic element, but one that can be used very effectively in, in horror movies that has scared me since I started watching movies. Yeah. Yeah. Then the, the mysterious sound from across the house is horrible. Yes. Oh yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine you. Mm-hmm. Man, I, if something go, if something bumps in my house, I got four other people that I'm just yelling at. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. Because odds are one of them did it. Yeah. Something bumps in your house, I'm outside. Even if it's just me and you here. <laughs> if I see you yeah. and something goes, something bumps yeah. in there, I'm out. It's a very basic principle, but one I forgot to mention earlier. I want to make sure I did. Yeah. Something that's you. always scared me is that you know that sound shouldn't have been there. Yeah. And now you got to go figure out what it is. And right. the whole trip through doing that. Yeah. Yeah. One last thing I want to bring up too. Um, one thing for me, um, I love haunted houses. I love them. I've worked in several of them, but on the other hand, I don't like going through haunted houses that I don't know (laughs) because as movies like scream Two has shown us uh, things where like you're in a scene where it looks normal for somebody (laughs) to be like bleeding and screaming you could get murdered in a haunted house and other people with you think it's part of the show. Yeah. Freaks me out a little bit. Especially if it's around Halloween time or even if it's just within a, an area, a park where people are dressed like that. Yeah. Good luck standing out. Yeah, you know? exactly. Oh, they were a guy with blood all over him. Screaming. Right. Great makeup, bro. That, that's, always <laughs> been, that's always been a, a scary idea. Yeah. So you're... you're just beyond vulnerable in those settings. You're dying in broad daylight. Yep. And people are laughing. See, I'm kind of 
the haunted house is whatever for me. You know what scares me? I mean, scares the shit out of me. The mirror maze. Mm. I've always been on the on the bigger side. No, I'm a big guy. I've always been on the bigger side, and sometimes when things get real narrow, and I got trapped one time in this janky little mirror maze, but I couldn't see or feel my way out, and I could not go anywhere. I couldn't run. I couldn't do anything because I couldn't move. <laughs> I couldn't find my way out, and I got scared. <laughs> and a mirror maze. Dude, this reminds me of the time that the professor and I were at a, a corn maze. Mm-hmm. And we went in that dark tunnel. Oh, yeah. And there was that face. And I thought I was going to have to drag the professor through there. <laughs> it's some bullshit, man. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was pitch black. You, I you remember literally we could see nothing. nothing. You could hold your hand up three inches in front of your face and not see your hand. <laughs> okay. I mean, there was no natural nightlight. Nope. Coming from the sky within this thing. They built a tunnel yeah. out there. So you were literally walking. And it was like tarps or trash water. bags so that it would like close in on mm-hmm. you. And it was freaky. So how did they know to get you? I think what they had was, well, they, they didn't jump out at me or right. anything. No, it, was, it wasn't. I think what it was is they had a divider for the pathway. And I think they had a guy working with a glow in the dark mask that would just walk up and down it. Yeah. He wouldn't have to worry about walking into anybody because yeah. he had his own little path. path right okay. Side, yeah. So he could walk and hear people and move his head towards them and stuff. It was effective. <laughs> oh, I, it was, yeah. I just didn't like the idea of not being able to see. Yeah. I don't give a shit if you want to jump out and scare me. It was the idea of walking into complete black. That ain't cool. And I think for me and some of us, I mean, like, I think I closed my eyes and just relied on my other senses. Because, like, to keep your eyes open and to let that fool you mm-hmm. was harder yeah. than just closing your eyes and just feeling your way through. But I remember there was, like, <laughs> seven or eight of us just holding on to each other, screaming. I don't even think I was making a sound by that point. I was just like, And then we popped out, and there was, like, some really tall corn, and somebody said, man, how'd that corn get so tall? And I said, what if we're shrinking? <laughs> Blue I, got, I got real meta. <laughs> um, right on, man. It's going to be the best explanation. We walked into this one side, full-grown people. We walked out the other side, small. And the corn was like seven foot tall. It took what us a month to grow back. Shrinking. It was bullshit. Yeah. Um, fun, fun little tidbit. There was a haunted thing out by uh, the tire store that was over there in the that parking lot with like the movie theater. Yeah, man. Oh, you yeah. Remember when they had that, that set up Sears there? Auto place? Yeah, and they would do the haunted thing. Well, in there you had to crawl over snakes. Oh, I remember hearing about case. that. They had to come check on me. <laughs> That's the truth. But you were I, a kid, right? Yeah, I froze. Yeah, like I wouldn't. I didn't want to crawl over them. Like, and I didn't want to not do it. Yeah. I was just trying to make myself mentally crawl across <laughs> it. But I started thinking, I was like, well, this thing cracks, and I hit it, and it's mad, and it's loose. <laughs> and so, like, I'm just frozen. And finally, a worker came up and said, do you need us to stop? And I then I was so embarrassed that I crawled across it and just wanted to vomit. <laughs> then, I remember hearing about that. I always thought that was uh, urban legend, but that was real. Yep. Yeah. Cool. It wasn't cool. And then a piece cool. of shit leather face at the end jumped out of nowhere with a chainsaw. <laughs> I about shit my pants. Bastards. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's what we should do. Midwest Monsters haunted maze. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what we'll do? We'll make it a haunted maze for adults. 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 You know what they'll be inside? What? Mortgages. Oh. Hospital bills. College fees, <laughs> student loans. Yeah, yeah, student loans. Those will haunt you. I mean, we'll just stick them in your car to follow you on your way home. Um, oh man! Before we go, I was going to mention um, the scary sleepover that Adam Green's been putting up. Oh, I haven't listened to it. You should, especially it's after recording this. Oh, it. on YouTube. Yeah, and yep. he's got it on his uh, his Aeroscope page. Does it cost on VOT? <laughs> But if you go to Aeroscope.com, you can watch the longer uncut version where people curse. Okay. So he has different like uh, genre-related guests uh, to give you an idea that Kane Hodder is on episode one. And at one point, 
you know, he asks everybody what scares you in real life, and Kane Hodder goes deep. He talks about dementia. Uh, but it's a really entertaining show. They're about 15 minutes, I'd say, mm-hmm. an episode. Yep. But I kind of felt like this was at least a little bit along those lines. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. So be a good watch if uh, anybody's interested. Check that out. Cool. Like the Derek Mears episode, by far, my favorite. So nice. Far, right? yep. Nice. Cool. Kane Hodder didn't say guys in the hats. Say repent. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, guys, great episode. What a treat. What a treat. Just what a treat. Just what a treat. Not a note. Not a note between us, nope. by the way. We just freestyled all of this. If y'all couldn't tell by the by the free flow, not a note. Free flow. All right. Very good. Well, for the Midwest Monsters and what scares us, and please uh chime in. Uh after we post this episode, we'll ask what scares you. Um tell us on Facebook or Twitter. Hell, rate us on iTunes. We'd love that. And don't fuck with us for the things we told you that scare us. <laughs> right. We'll see a bunch of snake videos on our page. Yeah, don't call us little sissy babies. Oh, man. That's S- such a great idea. I'm going to post some snake videos <laughs> on Wilson's page. Don't do that. Very good. Very good. So, for the Midwest Monsters, I am Grizzly Adam. Joined by Matchin. And Professor Wagstaff. Reminding all of you, our friends, to stay scary. Come on.